What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. In lieu of ever having a sponsor, I've basically created my own. If you want to support us, go to dgutsapparel.com. Don't give up the ship apparel. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Dguts Apparel. Uh, it's Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. I went out of my way to create some really awesome stuff that I think you'll really enjoy. And it's some stuff that I think you'll actually wear. Uh, I hate all the stuff in the Navy Exchange section. I hate a lot of the stuff I see on social media where some somebody's side hustle is creating like nauseating gear that no one actually wants except for like crusty old retirees which i'm about to be so i don't know if i should uh, talk smack but anyway uh go check it out dgutsapparel.com if you want to support us that's the best way to do it and i would really appreciate it uh today i'm gonna just do uh, a response to an email that i got and kind of work through the problem um it's actually from a, a coasty uh shout out to my coast guardsmen out there uh they so the it's a it's a bm2 that sent me this um this situation and it's it's basically just they're in a leadership position uh and they're struggling with some issues with some juniors and and i'll i'll kind of go through them one by one because there's a couple different issues even though there's a theme to them um and then we'll go from there so basically the, the big overarching issue is uh, he's telling me I'm trying to learn how to teach initiative um, and basically how to how to motivate his people or um, just trigger like uh, self-starting and in, in, in initiative within his people. Like we, we have a task to do. Uh, I shouldn't have to micromanage you. He wants them to kind of take ownership of, of certain things. Uh, and, and kind of get them done on their own or um, just like they have a long-standing uh, thing and it's I mean it sounds like it's a daily thing but he calls them boat checks not really sure what that means I'm, I'm taking it literally where they have to like go down and check the boats I guess I don't know make sure they didn't float away whatever um, but there's like it's basically a day it sounds like a daily check where they have to so think about it like a daily maintenance item so they're responsible for doing this every single day. Uh, it sounds like everybody has to do them. Uh, maybe they have that many boats. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, the point being that they have to get up early and do these things. And it sounds like he's having a really hard time getting them to do that. Uh, not all of them, but it sounds like there's a fair uh, fair amount of people, including a, a BM3 and a, a, a seaman, I believe that like just having issues getting them to get up getting them to do it some of them are just like openly defying like the task need to get needing it done with is the problem i'm gonna leave for the end um but basically i mean this kind of it's it's simple not easy like a lot of things um it's he's he's aware this bm2 that reached out to me is aware of the the need to get to know his people and try to figure out what motivates them um i would say while you're aware of it and it sounds like you've made a few attempts at, at kind of figuring it out you really need to go harder um and like you figure out because there, there's a couple like references to i think this is what motivates them um and something like liberty like sure it's a motivator right but dig deeper there's something else going on when you have people that are uh like not meeting whatever the standard is um or acting out in some way or or that like there's an acute issue that um where they're not conforming to organizational norms right and that con that confirmation to organizational norms can be anything from uh, like a bare minimum, just enough to not get in trouble confirmation or a high performing uh, top of the food chain person. Uh, I'm trying not to use Navy term terminology here <laughs> uh, that is like ready to promote yesterday. Like that's the spectrum of I'm conforming to organizational norms. Right. You're not required to go above and beyond uh even though we would love that right so if you have somebody that is is not only not conforming but there's like acute acute issues where it's we're we're past the we're past like the um just daily like uh 
you got to nudge him in the right direction type of stuff or like calmly verbally correct a, a minor issue you're you're in the disciplinary realm when somebody's not showing up at the appointed place in time to do the do the thing right so um there's every every time an issue like that ever arises the first point of analysis is how is like the the first point on my flow chart uh, uh, where i'm analyzing what the problem is is how is this my fault and um the reason I do it that way, and like I'm going to do a whole nother spin the yarn on, on the the labels that I get as a hugger for for having this um, this like outlook or this um, this approach. But the first thing I need to do, and, and it's so that my foot doesn't end up in my mouth after I begin trying to correct this, is. What did I fail to do, right? And so one of the examples in here is the is I believe it's the third class uh, is having issues with quals, right? Where they're just not progressing. They're not um, putting the effort in to do the knowledge stuff or the underway training or whatever to get signatures on their qual cards um, to, to be qualified the things that the station needs them to be uh, qualified. And... So when you when you look at that, right, like a basic expectation for any junior sailor or guardsman or whoever is that they get qualified to do the things like you're getting a paycheck to do these things. But there's training and qualification that has to happen before you're trained and qualified to do it. Right. So that's a that's a bare minimum expectation that you're at least on track to be qualified the thing. And if this kid's not doing it, the first question I need to ask is why, right? And I'm not asking why are they sucking, right? I'm asking why is this person not progressing in quals? And I'm looking, I'm asking that question through the lens of how did I fail to make sure they're progressing in quals? Because it's my responsibility to make sure they do that, right? So you really need to be brutally honest with yourself and analyze like what could I do better, right? And based on how this BM2 is describing uh, this BM3, it, it doesn't sound like they have the confidence to uh, do this on their own. And I mean, it could be anything from they do need you to hold their hand or spoon feed them a little bit uh, to they just need like a push start. Right. And I, I think most people you can get to a place where it's it's more of like a push start. Right. Where you you get them to um a place where they like they spend a bunch of time with you or with other people or a combination of both where you're holding their hand you're walking them through the things you're doing one-on-one -on -one training you're uh helping them through the checkouts or or preparing them in every way that you can and you're sitting there waiting but like or literally right next to them while the subject matter expert on whatever system we're talking about is giving the checkout and you're just literally sitting there as a as a like a a comforting like uh presence like a binky or something right like you're just there uh as like an os handle for that person while they're sitting there they're just there's a lot more confidence knowing you're on their team and you're right there next to them and just sh like put those training wheels on until they don't need the training wheels anymore right like get them through the processes enough to where they're familiar with what a checkout is uh what it's like how it's going to go and that it's not as scary as you think it is. So just go get it done. Because I can tell you, it took and I've talked about this before. It took me 13 months to get my submarine dolphins. That's longer than it's supposed to take. Right. And it's not because I couldn't do it. I was really enthusiastic about doing it when I first got to, to my submarine. And I mean, the first probably four to six months, I was way ahead and I was getting after it and all these things. Right. But I had a bipolar LPO that was like dude was crazy um, and he basically at, no matter what I did I was doing something wrong right and so the I, I was working really hard on quals and I was already the best at my job on the boat because I had cooked professionally before I joined the Navy uh, so I just had to kind of like learn the Navy part of it which came pretty quickly so I was trying to get like I would get way ahead galleys clean stuff's done I'm on track and I would ask hey can I go get this checkout for my quals and 
I remember pretty vividly this one time, one day I, I had probably done it a half a dozen times that week. Like every day around the same time I'd get to the same place. And I, then I'd be like, Hey, can I go grab a checkout really quick? Cause I wanted to be ahead and I wanted to get it done, which is what should be happening. And that, that should have been encouraged. Um, but he snapped and just like lit me on fire, melted my face off. And I just got to this point where it was like, no matter what I did, I was always wrong. And in working up to that point, I had, I had been kind of, uh, verbally assaulted by this dude enough times that I, I like gave up, man. I was just done. I was like, fine, I'm going to get yelled at when I'm way ahead on calls and doing all the right things. So I might as well just not do all this hard work. So I just stopped doing my calls and I was so far ahead that I went almost through an entire deployment before anybody cared. Um, and then as soon as I went delinquent, I was getting yelled at for being delinquent, which just, you know, kind of put the last nail in the coffin of I, why bother? Why put the effort in if I'm just going to get punched in the face no matter what? Uh, and it took a lot of uh, prodding and, and convincing and handholding. Uh, to this day, I have so one one dude. I, I did a ch- the Chaps episode. That was the guy that I was talking to. So it was him. He was a junior officer on my first submarine. Uh, so him as a lieutenant, and then a guy uh, that he's now post. He was a CO on a submarine. I don't know where he's at now. Um, but those two junior officers, those two lieutenants, they liked me enough that th- when they realized what was going on, they dragged me kicking and screaming through the end of my qual card um, and pissed a lot of people off signing things that like I mean like unofficially they weren't wink wink supposed to sign but like they were qualified to sign it and they could sign it so they they just did whatever they had to do to get me through and I had the knowledge I just didn't have the the give it really to be perfectly honest with you um, so basically um what I'm what I'm getting at here is you have to figure out what's wrong, right? There's something going on here that is causing him to not. And I'm assuming I don't know. It, it sounded like, yeah, all hymns. I think I got all the like I don't I don't remember seeing a lot of like pronouns, but um, I'm pretty sure it's it's all males that we're talking about. If not, my bad. Um, but the kid that's struggling with the quals like this is like a for example right like figure out why and he might need it might require you when you're doing the analysis of what what have i done where i failed this guy as a leader if he needs somebody to hold his hand through either the beginning or the whole thing Guess whose responsibility it is to do that? And I know you shouldn't have to, but sometimes you do have to. And that's where this weird dichotomy comes into play of like, like, because we, we're going to get to later, like the treat them like adults part, right? Where they're, they're complaining about be, wanting to be treated like adults. However, they're not behaving as adults. And so it's like, which one comes first? So the, the chicken or the egg, right? Like, sh- do I treat them like adults and then hope that they kind of like rise to the occasion and start functioning as adults? Or do I tell them, well, when you start acting like an adult, I'll treat you like an adult. You know, you know what I mean? Like there's it's and it's kind of some of both in my experience. So but for the qual thing, again, like what's your job? It's your job to, to make to train and qualify your people, like to make sure they, they get all the training they need and they achieve the appropriate qualifications to do their job. That's your job as their leader or mentor or whatever. So figure out what's required and do it, you know? And, and I don't think that you will be navigating this the entire time. I think that most likely you just need to show this BM three by caring enough to invest that type of time and attention, whether it's after working hours or whatever to holding their hand and making sure that they understand it's the same thing as the standards right like he communicated to me a couple different times based like his standards and then somebody else tried to communicate some standards or they tried to hold people accountable to standards that they never clearly communicated or or delineated in any way so everybody it's just kind of that that word right i did a whole whole episode on a while back of like People like say, oh, you're not you're not living up to the standard. OK, well, what's the standard? Uh, it's just the standard. And it's like, no, you have to you have to quantify that. Like you have to tell me like there needs to be 
a goalpost. Like I need to know I need to hit this dot and this dot and this dot. We connect them all. I'm meeting the standard, right? Like I need to know what it is in order to uh, adhere to it. And if you just like I seen some meme the other day where it was just like uh, I think it was a Marine thing where it was like some staff sergeant was uh, hey, did you like asking this this Marine? Like, did you check the instruction on that? He said, yes, Staff Sergeant, I checked the instruction and it was all squared away. And like, I'm conforming and here's why. And then the Staff Sergeant just like gets this angry look on his face. which says, well, it looks unprofessional. Fix it. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not how this works. You can't just decide the rules or, or whatever you feel is is the right answer. It's like facts, not feelings. What does the book say? Um, so with, with, and I'm going to transition cause that's a natural pivot point, but for, for the stuff where you're running into somebody not conforming to an organizational norm or a, a clearly communicated and, and trained on standard, you need to investigate why and not just why step one is what did, how did I fail as, as their leadership, right? Like what could I have possibly done? or not done that has led to them not being able to meet the standard. And it might be something tiny or it might be something significant. And in this case, I think it's something pretty significant. I think that you're understanding this as uh, it's it's their responsibility to go do their quals. And if they're not doing it, it's because they suck. And it's like there is a piece, a personal responsibility piece to everything. And there's a personal responsibility piece here. But what if they just are not equipped? What if they're They've never been taught like how to do that. What if they're like you even said that you characterize them as a nervous Nelly. Like I was terrified to go get checkouts. I thought I had to know everything. I was terrified I was going to like disappoint people or let them down or just not be ready. Uh, the idea of doing some of those things, including the submarine dolphin board, just scared the crap out of me. Right. Probably dealing with the same thing. Like he's just terrified of looking stupid. He's terrified of the unknown. And so if you're there, somebody who has gone through it already and you're care showing this person that you care enough about them to walk them through the process, be there with them when it's scary and help them get through the parts that are scary, even though they're probably never going to admit that out loud. It's like do that. Show them that they can do it. And then when they do do it, training wheels be damned, positively reinforce that behavior. Hey, that's you getting a checkout. You see how easy that is? I knew you could do it. I knew you had that in you. And I wanted you to see that you had that in you. So so now, like, th- like you're gassing them up to go get qualified. And you continue to positively reward that behavior. And I think what you'll see is a snowball effect where that person starts performing in exactly the way that you want them to. Right? So... Um, I want to transition into the the communicating standards and and the because the, there was a part of this where you mentioned two different times like I'm gonna, and I'm gonna get to the like I guess we'll just start now with the ops LPO two like that was like the person above this BM two uh, that he interacts with was basically saying what I just mentioned about um, putting out policy or um, putting out direction or whatever. Uh, and also kind of saying like, well, you need to meet this standard uh, without ever presenting to anyone in any clear manner. Like, this is what the standard is. This is how you achieve it. This is how I'm going to check that like people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then this is what's going to happen if you're not meeting it. Right. Like that kind of a really clear, obvious communication of, Hey, this is what we're doing now. Um, so that the issue with the ops LPO, uh, is kind of, like it, some of it, a lot of people like he, he lost credibility with a lot of people um, by making unilateral decisions, um, communicating stuff that everybody perceives to be like he's just like making up the rules as he goes along. It sounds like a lot of them are actual policy things. So this guy probably genuinely wants to fix things and just recognizes because he's smarter on the book answer than everyone else that we're not adhering to what's in the book. But because no one else is smart in the book and he hasn't taken any time to communicate that, that, hey, this is what we're not doing in accordance with these references um, and doing training on all those things that uh, he's clearly recognizing there's a knowledge deficiency there by uh, understanding that, hey, you guys aren't adhering to these standards and you need to fix this. But it sounds like just a really clumsy and uh, lazy delivery of like, hey, this is what we're not doing right and this is what we need to do to fix it in accordance with these references. It just kind of sounds like he's saying, hey, idiots, you're doing it wrong. 
fix it because I said so effectively instead of because this is what the book says and then training because there's clearly a level of knowledge gap there. So um, in in this case, like and I, and I talk about this a lot, there's very few sociopaths in the military. Like I'm not saying they don't exist, like but there's very few people that come in with like just malintent and, and want to just be tyrants and make everybody's life hurt. Right. Um, sometimes people power trip a little bit because egos real but like it's that still doesn't mean that they're they're didn't they didn't at least start out with or continue to think that they uh are conducting themselves in a way that they're they're trying to make everybody better and they're trying to do what's best for the mission and stuff so this this guy sounds like he cares about doing everything correctly it's i don't i don't think you spend the amount of time that this guy seems to in books learning all the things just to like punk people um you might enjoy it a little bit like the the like put like i'm smarter than everyone else or i know more than everyone else but you you don't spend time learning those things if you don't want to use that knowledge uh to help the mission and and to at least help yourself promote and all that other stuff so what i would guess is that yeah i probably got an ego on them but uh as soon as everyone else it's just in varying levels of control so it's like I would first spend some time talking to this person like you you said you did talk to them about the issues you're having with your juniors but talk to them about the issues that uh you're perceiving based on your pers- unique perspective uh being very close to the deck plate and in constant communication with all these people about like the the negative impact the things that this ops lpo is doing is is having like hey this is how you're perceived this is why you're not getting these things done it sounds like he's getting snappy with a lot of the the issues not happening like or the issues not being corrected the training not happening blah 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 and it's like if you actually want this stuff to get done you need to approach it a little differently and kind of you can share that feedback in a in a very humble i'm here to help kind of way um without without which was your fear when you communicate this to me communicating who told you that right you can just say these are my observations which protects all of your juniors from any kind of blowback um just be careful with your words be intentionally vague with um some of it so that you're not in like inadvertently uh like doxing somebody because you say something too specific and he knows that your bm3 said that once but just take ownership of it. Hey, this is what I'm seeing is like the, the negative reaction to some of the things you're doing or saying, or these are the reasons why people aren't able to finish the training or do the things or whatever. Um, and you're being perceived really negatively by say like he did something pretty inappropriate and unprofessional by saying out loud that like basically training is more important than fixing material issues, which is insane. Um, it's they're both really important obviously but like you could have the best trained crew in the world but if the ship don't work (laughs) then what are we even talking about um we're not going anywhere so uh yeah i i a lot of times when you have the conversation you're afraid to have with your supervisor about things that are going wrong in the shop and if, if you do it the right way, right? So like do it with tact, do it with humility, think about it a lot. I'm happy to talk to you about the approach if you, if you want to uh, get on a phone call or something. Um, we can get into specifics. That way I can ask questions or whatever. But um, a lot of the time, if you do that in a way that is is along with being humble and, and not like providing like super biting criticism to that person that's going to hurt that like large ego that i'm perceiving um there's also a way to do it where you're you're framing it as i'm here to help you i just want you to succeed i want the mission to succeed i want to make your job easier and i'm perceiving all these issues because you're saying it out loud here's all the ways that i think i can help um tell me what you would like me to do you know after you share all that feedback kind of thing but um, I, a lot of times those types of conversations, the result will, sh- will surprise you. People go in with a lot of fear of a negative reaction that while it's possible, I would argue that it's unlikely, um, because most of the time these people are good people that just don't have all of the tools needed to be the strongest leader, but they're coming from a place of wanting to do the right thing. They're just clunky and you know, not super competent at at the leadership position or the management position that they're in. Um, and so and, I, and a lot of times 
when you come in with a pretty well thought out and prepared answer and you have feedback and a perspective that they like he just doesn't have access to that unless you provide it so when you do provide it a lot of times it's going to be looked at as a gift like oh wow cool i didn't even know that was the problem what can we do about it and then he starts trusting you more talking to you more relying on you more and then that provides you with a little more positional power that you, that you mentioned you don't have because you're not the ops lpo um so with him have that conversation i think that um i think that you can do that without coming anywhere near uh like ratting on your subordinates for complaining about stuff there's there's a very um there's a pretty safe way to do that, I think. And again, I'll, if you want to talk about it, I'm happy to. Um, so moving on, it, I'm going to kind of bounce back to the juniors again. And, and this, it kind of, it kind of applies to you too a little bit, right? Um, but for, for the whole treat them like adults, right? Um, you need to analyze yourself honestly as a leader and i kind of mentioned that earlier but this time i'm i'm pointing at something that you actually said that it seems like you're very self-aware um that you sometimes your temper gets away from you uh and then you basically just <laughs> you said i can be kind of gruff and then uh said typical boss's mates i.e strong-willed aggressive and then you were also prior army infantry in the national guard uh so like yeah i get it don't use that as an excuse. Um, those things that that skill set, and I'm going to call it that intentionally, your ability to be that person can be very, very useful. But you need to understand it to be what it is, which is just a tool. Right. I, I routinely attack the idea of leadership styles because I think they're complete bullshit. Right. I, I, you a lot of people kind of, oh, this is like you're falling, you're leaning into the Bosa's mate stereotype, right? Because you're a Bosa's mate. I get it, right? But you have complete control over how you apply leadership principles, right? And the more you learn about them, the more aware you can be and and, and the you can start applying them and, and getting more proficient with them and kind of understanding the results you're going to get and everything else. But just saying just kind of like falling back on the oh, I'm just like a typical bosun's mate and I'm not saying you're using it as an excuse I'm tr I'm telling you don't use it as an excuse don't let yourself be a less effective leader because you're leaning into a stereotype that while like it it, it exists for a reason also like you can completely uh you can completely overcome the negatives of it right like it can be a very powerful tool because you're strong-willed you're aggressive you're willing to speak up for your people you're willing to defend them and, and stand up for them and protect them and and push hard for what they need or deserve or whatever right those are all very powerful tools when you become like a senior nco um but also you you when you're directing that type of fire at your juniors constantly they're gonna shut down Right. They're going to glaze over. I tell that I told you quoted a story I tell all the time about how I used to do that as a, as a young LPO. Right. So um, don't don't let that become a barrier. Right. Where you're just kind of saying, well, this is just how I am, because that's it's not accurate. You have you understand that, like you have a personality. I, I get it. Right. Like I am somebody that. Uh, is very similar and strong-willed. I could can be aggressive. I can be impatient. I speak like I have a I have a loud booming voice, right? And when I get passionate, I get louder. Uh, I'm like I get guy smiley from Sesame Street a lot. Where I, it's like I can't not talk loud, and I get corrected on it to this day. Like like weeks ago, I was in the in the building, and my XO will he'll come out of the office and be like, "Can you guys shut up? Like you guys are so loud." And it's just when I get fired up about something, I start talking loud, and I would have people tell me that I'm yelling. I'm not yelling. This is just how I talk. However, if it's perceived as yelling, I have a problem and I need to address that as a leader because I need these people to receive me in the most effective way possible. And if the way that that my natural way of communicating when I get fired up about something, if that's creating a barrier, if people are responding negatively to that, I'm not going to be able to just force them through the eye of the needle and say, well, you need to adapt to me. That's not how leadership works. I adapt to them. I give them everything that they need to get the thing done, right? So if they need me, like if there's somebody out there that needs me to not talk this loud, then I talk less loud. <laughs> like then I chill out when I talk with them and I'm very conscious of that. 
there are and some of these things you, you like will be a weakness on the on the receiving end right it'll be a, something that the subordinate needs to work through mature through learn grow whatever and but until then like back to the quals thing until they grow out of or mature through or learn how to overcome their fear of pqs uh signatures right of the checkout process until then i need to put the training wheels on and get behind them and push right I need to be there to get them through that. They're, it's not going to fix itself just because you're like, well, you're a grown up, so figure it out. Like, you're a grown up, start acting like a grown up. It's just never going to happen. So, you, you have the cards are dealt, you have them in your hand. Now, you need to like make the best of it. So, figure out how to make those work for you. And a lot of the time, you're going to get dealt some crap cards to start. And then you need to be the one that puts in that work to get them to where they're performing at their absolute ceiling right with with the people that you have right now you need to evaluate one what do they need really figure it out and and don't be afraid to ask you know what i mean like people think when i say like oh figure out what your people need and then give it to them that you need to like sit back observe at, at a distance and like analyze and somehow there's some secret sauce to you figuring it out no, like go talk to them, go ask them the question. And it's pretty it becomes pretty clear based on not just what they say, but how they say it and then how they respond to your leadership in its current form. If you if you take the time to observe that and then also ask other leaders like, hey, what am I doing? Well, what am I doing wrong? What do you perceive? Because there's a lot of people that I bet have pretty great, uh, a pretty great like feedback uh, mechanism for you like they'll be able to provide you with a lot of uh, productive criticism on the way that you're you're leading your people and also like there's probably somebody senior to you that could immediately point at what you're doing wrong and just be like dude like and it's like obvious to them because they're on the outside looking in like it's it's a lot easier to spot the problem when you're not like in the midst of it when you're detached and you can pull like have some separation between you and the problem um, which is hard to do when you're the leader that's kind of like in there dealing with it. But like if you ask somebody on the outside, there's probably somebody at your at your command that could just point at the things you're doing wrong and very rapidly like provide you the feedback so you can almost like fast forward to being a better leader. And it, it I think because of where you are as well, where you've communicated that these you think you might be losing them a little bit. Based on the, you know, rewind to the gruff, typical bosom's mate stuff that based on some of your uh, responses to certain things where you can get frustrated and angry um, or you're just constantly harping on them about doing the thing. Right. And you said you had you had an issue where you realized you had you hadn't like accurately communicated the standard. Um you, you, you like you went back and fixed that, but you maybe had punched enough faces metaphorically that you started to lose them a little bit and you're probably right so how do you get them back S- sit down have a conversation be willing to say like hey I- i've been doing a lot of thinking and studying and kind of like trying to to self-audit and see what i can do to be a better leader and it'd be really awesome if you guys could help me out with that um i don't you know like you- you're in the best position because re- they really are in the best position to evaluate you um and i mean you could do it in a lot of ways like you could figure out a way to like set up anonymous criticism if if they're worried about that um but you could also just sit down and try to have a conversation with them one-on-one or as a group whatever you think will work best i think one-on-one's probably better uh unless you perceive somebody to be uh like too scared to say anything honest you know like um you could even set it up where somebody else does this for you and just says, hey, he really wants to know. He really wants the feedback, but he was afraid you might not give it directly to him or whatever. Uh, and it'll all be anonymous, whatever. Like there's a million ways you could do it, but get sit down and talk to him, get that feedback, because and I think it's important for you to do it, not just for the feedback, but just like um, and this, this is kind of the last thing I want to talk about is is. Because I don't feel like I've fully answered your question about how do you how do you build that initiative into them. I think first you need to kind of repair the relationship a little bit, um, and kind of build trust uh, in doing in doing so, kind of along the way. But I think when you're talking about trying to get them to do the things that you need them to do and to be uh, reliable on their own without you having to 
constantly be helicopter momming them the whole time is you need to make them feel like you trust them and make them feel important make them feel like they're their opinions are valued or their ideas are valued their input is is valuable to you as as a leader right and that they have some type of ownership in the process and you said it yourself right when you were talking about i recognized in my analysis that standards were low things were happening the way they were supposed to and i'm i needed to fix it which is great right that's a great first step but where you misstepped is and you you called it out yourself is you unilaterally decided these are the new standards get there right and that's the that's what they mean when they say we want you to treat us like adults right it's not always um and there may be some some mechanisms like i don't know about like how the boat checks things like how that works um does everybody need to do it could there be a watch bill um could there be look look for opportunities to make their lives hurt less uh to not waste their time whether that's perceived or literal right like if you're if they feel like they're doing something that doesn't contribute contribute to mission accomplishment in any meaningful way they're going to have a hard time caring about it no matter what no matter whose priority it is the ceo could come out and say hey this is the most important thing to me uh we need to get on it but if that thing is like sweeping the piers and they don't see how that's contributing to our national defense you know what i mean like they're not going to care however when you take the time over a period of time and it's going to take a period of time that varies depending on where your starting point is um if you take the time to build trust and to uh kind of show them that no matter what's happening and no matter how hard and painful it gets that you have their best interests at heart that you genuinely care about them and that they can trust you to continually uh like be a good steward of that when you get to a point where you need them to do something like sweep the pier they're gonna do it for you they're not gonna care whose priority it was they're gonna be like hey i know this like i, I know this sucks but we really gotta sweep these piers i, I need them to be clean um yeah, like it's a it's a big deal right now that you know it's presentable or maybe you have like a high level vip coming or whatever right not not a thing that any junior person is ever going to really care about but at the same time they're going to want to take pride and they're going to want to show you that they they like appreciate you basically it's kind of weird how it works but like if you do it the right way your people are going to want to do things that are frustrating to you they're going to want to take that stress off your plate if you're in the business of taking care of them on a regular basis now taking care of them doesn't mean putting them on liberty early every day and getting them awards they don't deserve and you know like not like blazing off the logs and not actually doing the boat checks because then they can sleep in right what what taking care of them actually looks like and they're smarter than you think like they're going to recognize it when it's happening even though yes they would totally take advantage of somebody that allowed them to do all those things i just mentioned it's like they're going to recognize it when it comes when you're you're protecting them when you're uh valuing their time and inputs when you're going to set new standards or revise the current standards because you recognize that you failed to take their input in the first time or like you, the things you're having issues with the best way to fix them sit everybody down and say all right look like we, we're not going to get out of the requirement to do these boat checks but what like what is the obstacle to getting them done like is there something i'm doing to make it more difficult do you guys have any ideas on how we could make the process more efficient and like how would you like to do it to make it the least painful but also make sure it gets done and, and meets the all the requirements and my communicated standards right and the units communicated standards so it's like involving them in the how-to right is something that you're very capable and i would say empowered to do because it's like as long as you're not coloring outside any lines uh, like in accordance with policy and like safety and stuff like that and like the ucmj you're you're who cares how you get it done as long as it's getting done right um it's another problem if your ops lpo starts micromanaging how you're getting it done which i don't it doesn't sound like that's happening but you should be able to figure things like that out and, and what I think will surprise you is it, it, there, have been, there have been times where I've done this where junior sailors propose a way of doing it that 
will work and will produce an end product that is of acceptable or superior quality. But when I think about it through the lens of my doing it in their position, it seems excruciating. Like it would drive me crazy if I was in their position and I had to do it that way. But who cares? Who cares? As long as it's getting done, it's meeting the standards, we're not calling outside the lines officially, right? Like if they want to do it a way that if I was doing it is more painful, but is somehow more acceptable to them and will produce a better result for me because they'll do it more reliably and with a higher like <laughs> input of effort and and I get a better quality end product. Who cares? Like I've watched them do stuff in the galley that just it causes me pain to watch. But they're happier doing it. So I just I'm like just shrug and I'm like, okay, do it. If that's how you like doing it, I want you to be smiling while you're working to the maximum extent possible. So fine, do it your way. And what you find is even if it is less efficient and it would hurt my soul to do it that way, if they feel like they have a say in how things are getting done, the process doesn't it now becomes something that they decided to do, not something they were told to do. And it seems like you're just playing a trick, you know, like I'm, I'm it's smoke and mirrors. And like, in a way, it kind of is right. It's just psychology. But I'm telling you, it works. If you allow them to take ownership of things, if you allow them to decide like, hey, we have this list of things that need to get done. How do you guys want to get it done? And the, you're just a filter instead of a dictator. Like you're just there inputting, hey, this is how we'd like to do this. And you're empowering them to do that. And it's filtering through you. And to the maximum extent possible, you're just saying, yeah, no, that sounds fine. Go ahead and try it out. And then like occasionally you're going to have to say, eh, you can't do that. And here's why. Because but really your filter is the I'm the coloring outside the lines filter. Like we cannot do anything that's unsafe, that's contrary to or that is like against the UCMJ or or whatever. Like there might be some like internal communicated policy, but anything that's against policy that's unsafe or that's unlawful, we're not going to do. Outside of that, as long as your bright idea has us arriving at the required product in the required amount of time and the th- all the things are getting done and I can go present to Ops LPO or whoever hey, the things are done and that they are of acceptable quality if they're inspected, we're good to go, right? And so you allow them to take ownership of the how it gets done part. And what you'll find is it'll, it'll start there and then you'll start, they'll start having good idea fairy moments about the process. And then you can present a process idea to your ops LPO who will hopefully like do the same thing where they're like, you know, like you're just like yeah this is how they want to do it I don't see any problems with it it conforms to all the policy because you need to get in the books and start being as as up on the policy as your ops LPO something I forgot to mention earlier is like the idea that he's communicating things that are accurate and in accordance with an instruction however you know ham handed like he he's doing that and however unpopular it is if he's correct and everyone else is mad because they think he's making up rules that are in fact not made up they're in an instruction it's like okay so yeah he's doing a bad job of communicating but he's also correct so if you're in the books learning these things and aware of these things when he does communicate you can you can stamp out a lot of that negative reaction by saying no i like actually it's it is in the book because like if if they're if they're mad because they think he's making up rules as he goes along but really they're mad because they're ignorant of what the policy is that's a that's a level of knowledge gap that's a problem that that needs to get fixed by you and your ops LPO like that's you need to start training people should be educated on on these policies and procedures and and rules and whatever so you know like I and I'm sh- there's a balance there, I'm sure, where like, yeah, maybe he's finding an obscure instruction and maybe he's he's interpreting instructions weirdly. And, you know, yeah, it's in the book, but I don't really think that's what it means. But that's how he's deciding to it like make us adhere to it or whatever. Like it, stuff can get weird with people like that. But if I if I'm assuming that he's just 
not doing a great job of communicating that, hey, this is actual policy. This isn't just me making it up. So he's perceived as making it up. The problem in my mind is, yeah, like, so can you provide feedback to that ops LPO to make him a better communicator? Absolutely. Let him know how he's being perceived and that things will happen a lot better if you do training on it. Let him know it's in this instruction, communicate it a little better. And I think people respond a lot better. That, that's something you can you can provide him that feedback and you can be the filter and, and kind of say the filter down this time instead of up to your juniors and say, hey, like <laughs> this is in the book because I'm aware of it, too. And if you're not aware of it, OK, let's do some training and I'll let you guys know, like, hey, this is what this is. This is what it means. This is how it works. And this is why we have to do this thing now. Like, here's the here's why somebody took the time to write this in a book like this is, you know, it's a safety issue. It's a procedural thing that keeps the equipment from eating itself, whatever. So, like, get in the books, get get as smart on these things as your ops LPO is so that you can be the one that unpacks it if he's not going to become a better communicator anytime soon. You know, like and and also provide that feedback up to try to help them do that. Um, But, yeah, man, like with your people. You got to spend time uh, building trust with them, making them feel valuable, talking to them, figuring out what their needs are, which needs are not being met. Right. I, I beat on Maslow's hierarchy of needs all the time. Go go take a look at that if you haven't already. Um, and if you got questions, hit me up. But and then start meeting those unmet needs at the root of all these problems you're having that are are the acute ones like the not doing the calls or not you know conforming to organizational norms and doing the boat checks and whatever there's a a need they have that's not being met and you can have a significant role if not just solve it on your own just by like by filling the need right by meeting that need so figure out what those are and then over a long period or, or like I say long period of time I mean, like I feel like you could get to a pretty great place in like three to six months like I think you'll see a difference in like three months and then you could see a significant like holy crap turnaround in like six months but it's like you you need to take the time to build that trust and it's not something that comes super easily um, you need to make them feel like they like, like you genuinely care about them because you obviously do if you took the, I mean you wrote me like an essay in this email so like you, you wouldn't take the time to reach out f- to me and you wouldn't take the time to to be doing this self analysis and being as aware as you as you are about it and if you didn't care so you need to show them that uh, a lot of leaders fall into this trap of like putting on this mask of like like in your case the typical the typical boss's mate thing where you feel like you got to play this role and there's got to be this like weird level of detachment where you're like masking your actual feelings for your people and it's like nah i don't i'm not on board with that at all like do we got to stay on the right side of unduly familiar 100 percent. but is there a reason why i can't communicate to my people that i care about them through my behavior through my uh, like like when I'm I'm actually talking to them through my the way in which I do that, the way in which I allow them to have ownership in the process, the way in which I train them, the way in which I shield them from things, the way in which I take care of them, the way in which I make sure that they're getting through their PQS process by sitting there after hours and holding their hand, right? Um, I won't get into the hugger's perception, but yeah, like some people are going to are going to look at that as as odd. Some people are going to say you should just hold this person accountable. I disagree uh, because you I always default back to the what's my role in this? Like what it what was I supposed to do to make sure this person succeeded? If I received a junior person who at no point in their life and the five minutes that they've legally been an adult, if at no point they've ever been trained and qualified to do what they need to do, which in this case is uh, get trained and qualified in whatever the PQS is for, right? If they don't know how to do it, if I've never shown them how to do it, if no one's ever taken them to to like, hey, this is how you do a checkout. This is what to expect. This is how you find out what you need to know before you go. These are the people you should talk to. This is how it is. This is like some etiquette or some like response, proper response. If you don't know the answer, make eye contact, um, blah, blah, blah. Right. There's all these things that everybody knows them, but most people learn them by like face planting over and over again until they figure it out. Um, 
So take the time to make sure that this person has the tools that they need to get the thing done that you expect and need them to get done. And my bet is he doesn't. (laughs) My bet is this person has like is terrified of this because it's the unknown, because like they don't know what to expect. They don't know what they're supposed to study. They don't know what they should come to the checkout prepared to say or do or how to behave. Where do I put my hands? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, I mean, there it's shocking to me how little some people know, like how little prepared they are for not just basic adult functionality but the military it's just and and you have to figure that out and ask those questions but if you ask this kid like do you need me to hold your hand during a checkout like they're gonna take that negatively and say no just do it and i think you'll be shocked at at what you find and the response you receive over time from that person um this went long so there's that (laughs) but yeah like i i thought it was it was such a long and involved email that this would be one it would be better like normal like i i think it'd be better for the person that sent the email in if i answered it this way but then also i think it could provide value uh to others as well which is why i like doing it this way so uh sorry it took me so long bm2 um i've had a lot going on in my life as i transition to retirement i just had surgery recently um, blah 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 poor me but yeah just I, I'm sorry it took me so long to get back to you um, but I hope this answers all your questions it, again if it doesn't hit me up don't give up the shit podcast at gmail.com you can Facebook message, message us don't give up the shit podcast you can DM us on Instagram or Reddit at Degas podcast uh, don't be shy and then again like I'm happy to get on the phone with you and walk you through some of the stuff as well uh, if if that's needed um, but thanks for reaching out I appreciate it this was this was a fun one uh, and that's it That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the shit.